right, let's do this on a Monday night. We are on an hour earlier tonight. Uh, your Chiefs Kingdom show that's normally on during this time will be on tomorrow night. Uh, but it'll be on 106.5 The Wolf. So I want to give you some heads up of where that'll be. K-State basketball will play tomorrow night. Their pregame starts at 6. Their game will start at 7. But we are on tonight from 6 o'clock until 9 o'clock on a after hours. 913-586-7610. If you want to text in on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, we'll do the out of left field question, of course, at 8 o'clock. And playoff coverage here on 610 Sports Radio is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Each drinks scenic views. We'll keep you updated as much as I can with this wild card game against Buff, uh, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, but you can imagine it's going as advertised. 24-10, fourth quarter just now starting. Uh, Pittsburgh, middle of the field. We'll let you know if anything happens, but just just be like James and myself and Pete Sweeney, who we'll talk to in about 15 minutes. You're going to Buffalo, okay? I mean... We all knew that already, right? Like, it's, it is it, it is what it is. You're going to Buffalo. And it's going to feel uh, like a tropical paradise. It's going to be a high of 26 on Sunday night. Uh, chance of precipitation, about 70%. Uh, but 26 degrees, that would be, uh, what, 31 degrees warmer than it is currently. Think about that. That's how wildly cold it is right now. That's how disgusting it is in the middle of winter right now. That's why I guess people that live in Alaska go through periods of depression. Because it just gets ass cold. You go outside, you immediately want to curse. But that's okay. But yeah, next weekend, at least for now, you got to think you're going to Buffalo as they have a 14-point lead uh, with 13.50 left in the fourth quarter. Again, if anything happens significantly, we will get you a score update. Um, But I want to start with the game against Miami and what this team looked like in the playoffs. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't know how to dive into, you know, what works on a team, what chemistry is like, what it's like to kind of call an audible on your play style or your, your offensive plan when it comes to running an NFL team. But this team seems to have figured it out, at least on the offensive side. And I know I can hear you. Rolling your eyes, thinking to yourself, it's been two games. Because that last game didn't count because nobody played. But we remember before the game against Cincinnati, and they were saying that the Chiefs were going to simplify the playbook, go to what works, lean on their guys that they trust. If you read between those lines and you listen to after hours for a while, you would say, well, the guys that they trust in between those lines are number four, number 10, and 87. That is the core That is the core formation that's going to keep this offense going the way it is. And we saw that against Cincinnati, and we saw it against Miami. They know what works on offense. They know they have an elite defense. And now they're in the playoffs towards the end of the season. They kind of said, okay, here's what we've got to do. We believed that MVS could get it figured out. We believed that Sky Moore and Canarius Tony would eventually figure it out. They're pros. None of that happened, unfortunately. And your plan and your idea that you thought could make you this functional offense kept stalling out, but then would show surprises and then would stall out and then cost you a game and then stall out again. And then you said to yourself, okay, we're going to do this where it really matters. We're going to put our best trusted foot forward against a team in Cincinnati where kind of have to win, right? You don't want to hear them talk. Jamar Chase had already done that before the game. 
and he said it's a T-shirt game. We can lock up a playoff. We need to get it right. This seems to be the game that could get it right. I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure somebody just threw a snowball on the field during that touchdown play. No one scored a touchdown. There was a, a throw in the end zone and behind the receiver for Pittsburgh incoming snowball. Hilarious. Nobody must have shoveled their own section. That shows you how much your fan base loves you. are kidding. But anyways, in a game that was significantly important, Cincinnati, and you could say to yourself, well, they still have the next week. But again, you could control everything with a win. You simplified the playbook. You gave it to Isaiah Pacheco, which opened up Rasheed Rice, which gave Travis Kelsey more space. And then you had a week off. You still did your normal ramp-up practice, had guys figure things out, took a week off. Then in a game when it mattered most against Miami, you did it again in the playoffs. Same sort of situation. Third and six, Travis Kelsey first down. Isaiah Pacheco, 15, 16-yard run, 8-yard run, 4-yard run. Rasheed Rice, boom, touchdown and in the drive. And that's the offense that trusts itself. And the thing that's good about that is the key word in that is trust. You now have your experienced 28-year-old best quarterback in the league who now knows where his number one target is. That's four. He's now got the trust and the belief that he knows that his running back can bruise the entire defense, get you in manageable third down territory. And then when you think that you can cheat a little bit on four, guess what? We go back to the bread and butter that is 87 in Mahomes' mind, and that's where the offense takes off. And this was Patrick Mahomes on the changing of the offensive mindset in the later part of the second half of the season. I think I learned that this year. because I mean, when it's not there, you got to be able to throw it underneath and, and punt the ball, flip the field, um, and not be frustrated with it. Um, I, I have that mentality. I want to score every single time. I played in the Big 12. I want to score every single time. Um, but when your defense is playing like that, you have to find what's the best way to win the football game. And if that's punting the ball, flipping the field, um, letting them get a stop for us, and then, and then scoring the next drive, that's what you got to do. And that's Mahomes on figuring things out throughout the season and finding new things in this offense to tinker with. By the way, score update, Pittsburgh has driven down and scored. They've thrown a touchdown. It is now 24-16, barring a two-point conversion or an extra point, you'd assume. They will kick the extra point, but Pittsburgh does score. It is now 24-17, to 17, a 12-play, 75-yard drive. So still some love, still some heartbeats in, uh, in Buffalo in that game, but there is 10-32 left, 24-17. Mahomes continues to talk about how much of a dog or how much, you know, how much Rice has pushed through as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, he's doing great, man. Um, he's getting better and better every single week. Um, some of those guys hit that rookie wall, and it seems like he just kind of pushed right through it, and he's just continued to get better and better. And um, He's a great player. He has that right mentality. Um, he comes to work every single day, um, and he made a lot, of, a lot of great plays for us today that helped us win the football game. Patrick Mahomes continued on his young buck wide receiver. Yeah, guys came with that attitude, that mentality. Uh, we knew it was going to be cold, um, but all week we were preaching, let's come in there with that fire um, and just get after it and see what happens. Um, and the young buck made a few plays for us. That's right, Rasheed Rice, Patrick Mahomes' most trusted wide receiver. And you could ask yourself, yeah, he's a rookie. What took so long to give him the belief? He's a rookie, right? You got to earn your stripes in this offense. You got to make sure that you can tell these coaches and the quarterback that throws you the ball how well you can be trusted and week in and week out. And Rasheed Rice in this game, eight catches 130-plus and a touchdown. And if you want to go even deeper into stats, and I'm not doing this to dig at Tyreek Hill. I have a topic about that a little bit later where we can finally bury the Tyreek Hill storyline. I think it's done. If it's not, there's only one person holding on to it, and they have no receipts left. But Rasheed Rice's last seven games compared to Tyreek Hill's last seven games. 
Rashi Rice has 51 catches for 648 yards, 29 first downs. Tyreek Hill has 45 catches, 639 yards, and 28 first downs. Rashi Rice finished the regular season, I believe, second in yak as a wide receiver, as a rookie. And there might be a time in the near future where I'll have to apologize and say that I don't think he's a wide receiver one, like your Justin Jefferson type, like your Jamar Chase type. I've always kind of saw him as a Juju Smith-Schuster to an Antonio Brown or a Adam Thielen to a Stephon Diggs in Minnesota back in the day, something kind of like that, or a Sammy Watkins to a Tyreek Hill. That's kind of where I've always seen what Rasheed Rice's like vibe can be. But one thing that I do like about this is that it took about eight to nine weeks for Mahomes to fully trust in number four and for this offense to finally figure something out along the way of where this team can get because we know what the defense is. And this team, and no doubt, seems to me, at the right time of the year, has found their identity as a football team because I think the whole roller coaster of a season of what's he going to do? Where's he going to, where's this offense going to go? It's not this guy. It's not this guy. Too many drops. And there was a few. I think Travis Kelsey had three drops in that game against Miami. I think he's also earned enough respect and then turned around immediately and got a big third down catch and then ended up having seven for 71. But the identity of this team is no doubt what it is. It is number one, a defensive squad. It is number two, led by a number one quarterback in the NFL. And it is number number three, a time of possession hog if they want to be that way. They finally got a time of possession game where it was dominant because of what they can do. First and 10, get a little six-yard run. Second and four, do whatever you want. Take your shot, continue to drive. But either way, they're finding ways to continue drives. They're finding ways to get their identity molded. And I think they finally have done that. And it started in the Cincinnati game. They got a fake bye week without having to play their starters. They showed again in very, very tough conditions, cold, cold conditions against a very good Miami Dolphins team in your house. And you went 26 to 7. You have found your identity, Chiefs fans. Your identity is 4, 10, 87, that combination. However you want to incorporate into your drives, either way, just focus on those three because I saw something today, I believe it was Dan Orlovsky, and they were saying they were saying this about the offense, that now you can use guys like a Watson, like a Hardman, to open up these other guys like a Rasheed Rice or a Travis Kelsey. Because if you can send McCall Hardman deep, someone's going to bite on that. And when they don't, hopefully McCall Hardman's not doing a little stop jab. He just keeps going. He doesn't give up on the play because somebody's going to forget that that play is still up the sleeve. Somebody's still going to forget that that play's still there. And when they do, is it Buffalo next week? Is it Houston if you play them at home? I don't know, but you still have that in the repertoire. But right now, your identity is 4, 10, 87. Either way you can get that, use that as your main recipe to continue to go through the playoffs because it's working. And there's two weeks in a row of it working quite perfectly for this team because of what it has on defense. Coming up on the other side, the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. He'll join me as we talk a little bit about what this Buffalo matchup could be and where this team is. I'm Dusty Likens. That's James. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Monday night here on After Hours, now joined by the, uh, the, the head of the table. The uh, chief editor at Arrowhead Pride, one Pete Sweeney. Pete, how are you on a Monday uh, Monday evening? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for acknowledging me. Yeah, absolutely. Always. You know the thing. Um, so my most important question to you is, uh, was it that bad uh, temperature-wise on Saturday night? 
It was tough. Uh, I mean, I, I can't complain too much. Uh, I was in the press box nice and warm for most of the game. Uh, but I, I did have to walk in from um, a long walk, you know, with my car. And, and then I was out on the field afterwards doing stuff for for TV. And then the walk back uh, from the press box to the car was very rough. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the Chiefs fans that um, braved it. Really uh, not a comfortable game to be at. And you didn't really even see too much of a difference in the amount of people and the noise factor and all that. So uh, kudos to Chiefs fans for coming out. What well, was not the most uh, comfortable game to be at. I know we're not really here to like stroke the ego of players in the NFL. It's just kind of something you try to stay as evenly keel as persons in this profession. But how much respect do you give like athletes to play in, in conditions kind of like that? Yeah. I mean, they make a lot of money for a reason, right? And yeah. uh, sometimes you can't pick what the weather is going to be like. And it just happened to, to be – in sub-zero degree weather. And I think if you really look at the way the game played out and some of the mannerisms and reactions by some of the players, I, I just feel like the Chiefs were a little bit mentally stronger with some of the elements, and uh, that led to them having an edge, and uh, they were able to get it done. So we'll talk about this Miami game. It's it's no secret there's a Buffalo-Pittsburgh going on, uh, but it looks like as it's almost you know nearing the end, Buffalo with the commanding lead kind of dominating the first half. But uh, obviously we can keep you posted throughout the night. But – We'll get into a potential matchup here in a little bit. I want to talk a, a, a tad bit about uh, this Miami Dolphins-Chiefs game because kind of all week, and including on Arrowhead Pride uh, Radio on Wednesday night, which we get one more week of that. Thank you, Chiefs. Uh, thank you very much for keeping uh, Pete and I around for another week. But um, this seems like this kind of buries the Tyreek Hill thing, right? Like they go yeah. to Germany and they win. He's kind of embarrassed. Trent McDuffie, whatever. And then this game... Um, it's it's no secret. Spagnolia was just like just like beat his ass at the line of scrimmage, and we've seen the videos surface now over and over again. But there's really nothing left, right? Like this is it. Like they beat him in Germany. He got his wish. He got to come back to Kansas City, play at Arrowhead. Um, we can kind of nip this in the bud, right? The whole Tyree kill Kansas City thing. It is what it is now. Yeah, I think that that it had to be the final chapter of, of at least the the bantering back and forth. Uh, you, you did finally get Tyreek at Arrowhead. Uh, to his credit, an incredible play on the touchdown. It was really the only good play for the Miami Dolphins all night. Um, but, you know, he's one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. The Dolphins have a lot of work to do, uh, I think, to be able to be at the top of the, the AFC. And still, even not even playing their, their best game, I thought the Chiefs handled uh, the night well. Uh, I still think that there is room for the Chiefs to even play better than they did the other night. And, and so we'll, we'll look toward that uh, as we, we look toward next week in the divisional round. You hear Pete Sweeney's voice, so that means it is presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans for all of their legal needs since 1996, Integrity Results. That's Mark Ferguson. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, what this game was. I don't really know. I don't know. I've never really had any reason, I guess, to play with a chip on my shoulder. And I thought the luxurious need snub was, you know, interesting at the at the start of it. You know, the, the pro bowler, you know, you know the numbers. You watch every game just like I do. And then there's the all-pro and, like, three of his other teammates, you know, two defensively, one offensively are on the all-pro team. It's still no luxurious need. I'm starting to kind of think that this is one of those, like, you know, the last dance reference where I took that personally. And, like, luxurious need, I mean, if he's if he's playing like this, you know, sign me up for this defense to even be better than it already is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sneed may be the most important player on the Chiefs right now. I mean, they're going to live in – live and die by Snead and his performances. Uh, just the fact that he's been able to curb all these other receivers. Uh, and, and, you know, every 
NFL team offers a number one target, and they just don't have production when Legarius Sneed's on the field. He's uh, due to become a free agent, and uh, you know from what it it looks like to me, uh, the Chiefs want to keep him around. It's it's getting more and more expensive as the weeks go on, but that's a good thing uh, for the Chiefs' chances to to win a Super Bowl. And you know you pair him with Trent McDuffie, who did get the All Pro nod as a slot corner. Uh, one of the best tandems, if not the best tandem in the NFL. It's a big reason why the Chiefs are going to be among the final eight uh, left as we approach the divisional round. This defense is super elite, and I think the thing that's interesting is that, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. We can talk about when the season ends when it comes to contracts of Jones and Snead and Willie Gay, uh, who had a really interesting tweet about 20, 30 minutes ago about playing his last game at Arrowhead because he's thinking the same thing we're thinking, that this game's going to Buffalo. But... There is still a chance if Houston were to go to Baltimore and upset them, then the, uh, what do you call it, the Arrowhead Invitational comes back for a sixth consecutive year. Uh, we'll see what the future plays out. But with this defense, how great, obviously, Legereus Need and Trent McDuffie have been, but, like, is has there not just been a complete, like, two-leap jump from George Karloftis and from one year? Because I remember last year, I think he ended the season with four consecutive games with the sack. And then this year, he's he's in the 10 sack club, and, and here he is in his first game in the playoffs, lightning out of a bottle, and we get another key matchup coming up here soon that could be Josh Allen in Buffalo where he could be an enormous factor as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he's really come into his own, and, and the the Chiefs got another one in the first round. Their, their top-round picks are, are are looking good. I mean, I know we'll we'll see about – Felix in, in the years to come, a little bit more of a project, but, uh, you know, this defensive end, we talked about Trent McDuffie already. Uh, these players can play. Uh, and, and so, you know, to me, uh, George Karloftis just continues to build and build and build and kind of quietly have maybe another Max Crosby on our hands, right? Just he's, he's that dominant, and you're going to need that. You know, I'm not sure Chris Jones is going to be here next year. We'll see if there's a, a reinvented a, a new new in, uh, interior of the line, but uh, the Chiefs know that they have one along the edge. Pete, I want to bring up the next matchup, which I think we believe will probably most likely be Buffalo as they're leading in the game that they're playing into tonight. I want to bring this up because I think the number one narrative when we get to this week will be if, in fact, they do go to Buffalo, it'll be Patrick Mahomes' first road game in a playoff, and what more perfectly set than to be in Buffalo where there's just been so much history between these two teams, because somebody asked me this weekend, who's the Chiefs' rivalry? Is it Cincinnati? Is it Denver? Is it Vegas? Is it who is it? And I said, well, we can't leave Buffalo out. Uh, This is going to be another one of those things where maybe that flame is kind of doled out a little bit, but come Tuesday or Wednesday, if in fact they do go to Rochester, New York, they're going to play this Buffalo team, and it's going to be on, baby. It's going to be Josh Allen, Mahomes, Mahomes on a road game. How much excitement is there around this game? And maybe what is still maybe a little stale but could be freshened up real quickly of a rivalry between Buffalo Kansas City. Yeah, Buffalo's playing loose uh, right now. You know, they, they got to a point in the season where everyone kind of wrote them off, and then they just kept playing and playing and winning and winning and suddenly got the two seed, and they earned the right to host the Chiefs, especially by getting that game during the regular season. And we kind of have forgotten about them with the rivalry that has kind of developed between the Chiefs and the, the Bengals. But with the Burrow injury, it's opened the door for the Bills, and they're going to want this one. And I just feel like Kansas City is going to be up against it a little bit because there is a feel, for me at least, with the Bills of, like, if it's not now, when, right? Like, this is uh, exactly what you want. You finally got the Chiefs in your building. You haven't been able to beat them in the postseason. This is kind of a down year for Kansas City. You're, you're playing your best ball at the right time. And so for the Chiefs to, to, to get a grasp of this one and to somehow win the game, 
I mean, what a blow that would be to the Buffalo franchise. But, yeah, I think the rivalry will be back this week. Uh, I think it, it should be an interesting matchup between these two teams and, and certainly a tough one for Kansas City to come out, uh, win on the road, and, and see if they can get back to Arrowhead Stadium. Is the scariest thing about Buffalo that they know you and they've had the history with, with you as the Kansas City Chiefs, or is the scarier part that they're playing essentially with house money falling into a two-seed, scraping and crawling up to that spot, and now they finally just say, well, we're here, or is it necessarily house money, and is there a little bit of a, just a little bit of like a threat that it's like, now you've gotten what you wanted, you get them in your house, in the playoffs, excuses are minimal. Yeah, there's nothing to, to say anymore. This is exactly what the Bills have wanted, uh, and we'll see if they can take advantage of it. You know, I, I would have said that I think James Cook is a grand mismatch, but then the Chiefs really did a nice job taking care of that tandem of Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan. You know, and if they can take care of those guys, uh, you know, they should be able to handle James Cook. Uh, the Chiefs know the Bills. The Bills know the Chiefs. And this is going to be with everything on the line uh, once again. Uh, this time it'll be a little different in, in the Buffalo's building. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, he actually is better on the road than he is at home, uh, as great as Arrowhead Stadium is. So we'll see if that translates to the playoffs. Get you out of here in just a second. I'll only ask you a couple more questions. When it comes to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, is that a better matchup than Josh Allen? Or, I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow in your mindset because of where the two have been at? Or is it still 1A, 1B, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow? What's what's uh, what's Pete's thought on those two quarterbacks? Yeah, I like Joe Burrow, man. I mean, I really do. I think he's great. Uh, tough year for him with the injury. Um, you know, I think all the all three of these guys are among the, the top ten in the league, certainly can make the case for top five. And so, you know, you could have two top five quarterbacks uh, going at each other uh, with the right to, you know, play the Ravens or the Texans, just depending on, on who wins that game. And, and this is what, what it's all about, man. This is, this is the type of matchup that you want to see. And so we'll see what the Chiefs can do. Um, you know, I, I think of all the playoff matchups we've seen recently, this one's kind of going to give me the most pause. Uh, I think this is going to be a really tough matchup to win in Buffalo. Buffalo's playing well. And so we'll see if the Chiefs can, can dig deep and, and find a way to, to continue on to the, the conference championship round. And, and who knows? You know, maybe the Texans get it done and you find yourself back at Arrowhead Stadium. Last one, Pete. How much uh, belief do you have that the offense has figured it out? This is two games where the recipe has been 4-10 or 10-4-87, and it seems like they've got themselves a nice little combination that they seem to like, and it seems to be successful. We've now seen it against Cincinnati in a big game to win the division and lock up a playoff spot. We've seen it in the playoffs where you win or go home, now you'll go play a team on the road more than likely. How much more trust do you have in this offense? Yeah, uh, I feel good about it. I think they've finally identified, like, they got to, you know, be a little bit more conservative than they have been in previous years. Uh, that means, you know, if it's fourth and a couple in a midfield, they're okay punting it. Let Tommy Towns flip the field and make the opposing team go 90 because odds are they're not going to find a way to get points or in the end zone. And so the Chiefs found their weapons. You know, it's a Pacheco, it's a Kelsey, it's a Rice show. Patrick Mahomes trusts all these guys. That should be enough to get you through the AFC side of the tournament. And who knows uh, if you can do that, what the NFC opponent would look like in, in that scenario. But I think it took a long time. Uh, we were talking about the identity all year long, but it seemed like they figured it out week 18 uh, when they got the, the week off, week 17 with the win. And then certainly we saw what the new Chiefs are, are really, and that, that's featuring Rasheed Rice and that run game and and letting Kelsey pick up where he may. So I, I feel good about the Chiefs and how they feel about the offense and just how they have to win in 2023-2024. That's Pete Sweeney, Chief Editor over at Arrowhead Pride. If you want to say something about yourself or your business before you get out of here, enjoy the rest of your Monday night in football action. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, no, uh, I, I just want to just 
congratulate you. I, you know, I think the weather is as bad as it's been. Um, the weather's fine right now, you know, in, in, at least in your world. That's right. All right, Pete. You have a good night, man. Pete Sweeney, presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. That's James. I'm Dusty Likens. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Here on After Hours, thanks to Pete Sweeney for joining us here on After Hours on a Monday night, as he always seems to do. It looks like it's going to be Buffalo and Kansas City next week, Sunday at 5.30 local time here. Love that. For a guy who has Mondays off until 7 o'clock at night, most times, except for tonight it was 6. Surprised by that. Uh, Either way. Chiefs at Buffalo next Sunday is what it's one seventeen at the two-minute warning. I think we can go ahead and slam dunk that. First time on the road for Patrick Mahomes and the first time the Chiefs will play in Buffalo in the playoffs since 1994. That's right. Um, I was... I was six years old. <laughs> 30 years ago. Good God. Well... Love to see that. Chiefs at Buffalo next 30. That game will be at 530. That's what we're thinking, right? Two minutes left. 31-17. First time Mahomes will go on the road in the playoffs. And it's the first time the Chiefs will play at Buffalo in the playoffs since 1994. Can wait. That's the type of football we want, right? What do we think the line's going to be? Who's favored, Buffalo or Kansas City? I'm going to guess. I would assume that they'll have it on DraftKings here in a second. I say a second like it's going to be here any time, but tonight. I would assume it's one and a half either way. I can't imagine the Chiefs would be favored on the roads in the playoffs, but who knows? The only line we know for the divisional round as of right now is Green Bay is a 10-point dog. At San Fran. Pretty sexy. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about this potential matchup. Because I think it's safe to say that we can go ahead and do that. Mahomes on the road should be fun, and why not in Buffalo? Why not? For his entire career, there is only one thing that is unknown about Patrick Mahomes. And that is, what can he do on the road in the playoffs? Because the Super Bowl doesn't count. Mahomes has played every playoff game that he can possible in his own backyard. That's not his fault. It's not his fault his team has always been a one or a two seed. It is kind of amazing to think that this game could be and should be in Kansas City, but there was one foot. That was offsides. I would think the Chiefs would have won that game. But unfortunately, Kadarius Tony was offsides, and now this game will be played in Orchard Park. Chiefs in Buffalo. First time since 1994. Joe Montana was the quarterback, right? I believe that was the game where they just absolutely bruised Montana. Pretty sure that he was, ooh, 
pretty sure he was at one point on the field just holding his head because he was just so badly beaten up by that Buffalo defense. And I remember hearing stories, right? And there's a lot of similarities that are kind of in this game that play back to the history that is 1994. Buffalo lined up for a field goal, missed it incredibly wide. Incredibly wide left. Like one of those things in a Madden game where it glitches and goes completely left with the arrow. That's what it looked like. Or it looked like when you got up at 5 o'clock in the morning to take a leak. Sometimes you're a little inaccurate. You probably should have sat down. It's okay. Humble yourself, men. It's okay to sit down every once in a while, B. I'm just going to let you all know that it's okay. But either way you look at this, that game in 94, right? Buffalo, they were in the midst of their four straight Super Bowl appearances, all four inning and losses. They still have yet to get a Super Bowl victory. And at that time, right, the Chiefs had to go find a quarterback because it didn't work in the draft of 84, and Buffalo was hanging on to their quarterback who they had drafted in that draft class where the Chiefs took Todd Blackledge. Jim Kelly, right? Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, guys like that on that team that were part of that Buffalo offense that was pretty damn good, a defense that was pretty stellar, and Buffalo was at the time, you didn't want to go there. You fast forward a little bit towards the future, Buffalo trades their 10th overall pick to the Chiefs. They select Patrick Mahomes. And since that day, it's been nothing but regret. I get it. They have Josh Allen. AFC Championship game, loss. AFC Divisional Round game, loss. This year, another Divisional Round opponent will be the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. This time, Buffalo finally gets its wish. Buffalo finally gets the Chiefs to come to their yard. They finally get Mahomes out of his house. They finally get a modern-day matchup of Buffalo versus Kansas City, and I couldn't be more juiced up about it, and neither should you. Everyone should be ready about this. The Miami victory was sweet Saturday night into Sunday afternoon. We had a good little fun time show on Sunday morning on After Hours. Thanks for all that listened. That was fun. We move on. And this also, to me at least, as we mentioned this with Pete Sweeney, this kind of revamps that rivalry, right? That flame never burned out of the rivalry between Kansas City and Buffalo. That was still evidently there, right? But it was a little weak because when I went to that game against Buffalo and Arrowhead this year, leading up to that, it wasn't really the same sort of juice that we had seen in the past couple of seasons where it's like, here we go, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, right? Neither team had really established an identity of who they were. Buffalo was kind of on the up and coming saying that we're not dead yet. We're still sticking around. And now Buffalo found themselves all the way back to the two seed and hosting a divisional round game in the playoffs and also hosting a wild card game. They don't go anywhere. Huge for them on a short week, right? They're playing tonight. They turn around and play Sunday. Practice starts right up. And that flame that was kind of dull and kind of losing some energy is now starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that rivalry that we've heard of, that we were used to, that was kind of put to the side, right, as maybe a side dish of what was the main course of Cincinnati and Kansas City, well, now that one can take a back seat and we can reintroduce what is the original rivalry of the AFC for the previous three years. And that is Buffalo and Kansas City. That is Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. And what better way, right, what, but, what better way than to stick it to Buffalo one last time? 
Because part of the unknown is Patrick Mahomes on the road in the playoffs. But if there was anyone that you would love to see for the first time on the road in the playoffs, why not 15? Why not the young kid at 28 who's already second in all-time wins at home at quarterback, only behind Tom Brady, but he played for 25 years. Mahomes has played for six, second all-time at home in victories. Now it's time to go on the road and see what this team can do. Buffalo, Kansas City. I don't know if there's any more any more room in your playoff tank to add more fuel to it, but make room. Because this is going to be the one game that everybody's focused on, right? Because you remember the divisional round game with 13 seconds left. A lot of people thought that should have been the AFC Championship game. Well, it wasn't. Now you get to go to their place with Patrick Mahomes, who they traded up for you to get, and then they have to have this rivalry in the playoffs, an 0-3 stint, all played in Kansas City. Now you get your chance. Now you get to take the kid out of his house and see what he can do on the road. And this is the first time in the Andy Reid Mahomes era that they'll do that. I couldn't be more excited. Because what's a better storyline? You can't beat them there. You can't beat them here. You can't beat them anywhere when it comes to the playoffs. And then, I'm not going to get ahead of myself too much, but then there's a chance, as Pete Sweeney, the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride, would be quoted as saying, the Arrowhead Invitational has a sixth consecutive year because there is a game to be played with Baltimore and Houston, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it would appear that Buffalo is going to win this game 31-17, 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter, which means, that's right, next Sunday at 5.30, get ready. Because it's Mahomes versus Allen, it's Reed versus McDermott, it's this defense versus that offense, and I couldn't be ready. I wish I could fast-forward the clocks to Sunday at 5 o'clock as of right now, but I can't. But what I can do is tell you up on the other side, something that I do know is done and over with. The flame is no longer there, and I think we can all admit that it is. It had to do with this game against the Dolphins on Saturday. It has to do with an individual that used to be here. I'm sure you can guess by the taking of that tease. It's James and Dusty Likens, and you're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, it's Travis Kelsey, and you're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on After Hours, final segment of the 6 o'clock hour. We're on until 9 o'clock tonight. Only one game left to conclude the super wild card weekend. No real close games. I mean, I guess the Rams-Detroit game was somewhat close. Not really, though. By the way, did you see the the video of Matthew Stafford? After he got, like, hit by Hutchinson and somebody else, and they showed him on the field, and he looked like he was just, like, eyes open but not alive. Like, And then, I guess, came back out. I, I guess he passed all the tests. But only one left, which means Buffalo and Pittsburgh has concluded 31-17. Buffalo takes care of business. It'll be the first time the Chiefs will travel As a team under Mahomes and Andy Reid in the playoffs, they'll go to Buffalo. You'll get that matchup. First time they've been there since 1994. Players on that Chiefs roster, hold your beer up high if you were watching live. Dave Craig, 16 of 29. Joe Montana, 9 of 23. He was injured in that game. Marcus Allen had 18 rushes for 50 yards. Kimball Anders, our very own Danon Hughes, played in that game. One catch for 11 yards. Keith Cash would be the guy that would have the leading receiving yards. Six for 87, as well as J.J. Burden, four for 60. 
Chiefs would lose that game 30-13. to In fact, the last two times they played in Buffalo in the playoffs, they would lose 37-14 to and 92, 30-13 and 94. Buffalo used to be the enemy. Now, Buffalo thinks the Chiefs are the enemy. Either way, we will get a game in Buffalo next Sunday at 5.30. For the divisional round, the winner will go to the AFC Championship game. I cannot wait. Secretly, I think I always wanted Buffalo. You know you can beat that team, especially in the playoffs. Now you get to go play in their backyard, and we did get a figure out of what the line is. Buffalo is two-and-a-half-point favorites as of right now. I would assume that line will move uh, down. I think it'll get down to about a one-and-a-half, maybe two. But Buffalo minus two-and-a-half. Uh, text line 816 says that Alex Gold has screenshotted it from FanDuel. Um Two-and-a-half-point favorite Buffalo Bills. But I do want to tell this real quick. I gave you credit, 816. There it is. Give me a second. Give me a second. Seems like one of those people that texts and you just sit there and wait for the bubbles to come up from the 816. Give me credit, Dusty. Credit where credit is due. Two-and-a-half-point favorites, as called by you. Thank you for tuning in to the show tonight. This is After Hours until 9 o'clock. Tomorrow you get Dayton Hughes, that guy that played in this game. In 1994 at 7.30 on Fesco in the morning, Pete Sweeney, who just joined the show, he's on at 8.25. Nate Taylor will join Cody and Gold at 1, Aaron Ladd at 2.30, and then Peter King at 4 on the drive for your radio look ahead on 610 Sports Radio. But I do want to nip something in the bud here. I want to I think that I can all say this for – I don't speak for all of you, but I think we can all agree that the Tyree Kill saga or the rivalry that is Tyree Kill versus the Chiefs or the Chiefs versus Tyree Kill, it is over. That storyline is dead and gone. That chapter was quite short, um, a little entertaining. But a 15-page chapter in a book that has many, many pages yet to be completed is is officially over um, in this Chiefs franchise where they are going to continue to move on and do things that may question a lot of people's minds, one of which was they trade Tyree Kill to the Miami Dolphins. And then we get the Tyree Kill saga of it needed to be said, some things were maybe a little inaccurate from his part, maybe a little accurate, but there was a little back and forth between Tyreek Hill and what he felt about this franchise. And now that franchise and that Tyreek Hill rivalry, I believe, is done. You've now beaten them and himself in the regular season and in the game in which you made him look embarrassingly bad, right? The fumble, the scoop, the score, you win, you beat the Dolphins in Germany. It should have been played at Arrowhead, and everybody's like, man, I wish that game was at home. Tyree Kill said, I can't wait to play him again or something like that, and I want to play him either in Miami or in Kansas City. doesn't matter. And you did. It was fun, but it was short-lived because now you've won in the playoffs. He got his return. You beat him in the regular season in a foreign country, which is kind of an anomaly, but you did that and you won. And not only that, you can kind of hear in Tyreek Hill's voice or in Tyreek Hill's tone, he'll always miss it, right? You can tell yourself you're over that girl. You can tell yourself, ah, well, she unfollowed me on all social media aspects. She's hopefully doing all right. She clearly doesn't care about me anymore. I should not care about her anymore. But you can tell at times, or you can see in notes, that maybe there's that little bit of missing you. Little bit of, I wish things were a little bit different. Maybe you hear that in Tyreek Hill's voice in this postgame press conference. It felt amazing, man. Um, it's where it all started for me, man. So, obviously, um, 
felt some type of way, but you know, um, just just being back on this field, man, just brought back so many memories, man. And it was definitely fun to be a part of this game. So the cold wasn't fun, but you know, just just coming, just stepping back on this field, being on the other side of the ball, man, just seeing how things are, it was definitely fun, man. So I had fun. Oh, they did a good job of man, just getting hands on us at the line of scrimmage. You know, um, Spags, he do a good job of telling his corners, don't worry about nothing over top because um, I got safety help over top. And DBs, y'all just get hands on those fast guys. So they do a great job of that, man. And, you know, um, they got, you know, physical corners who do a good job of, you know, playing to their technique and playing sound. Um, Sneed, McDuffie, all those guys, they do a great job over there, man. So shout out to those guys. Tyree Kill, you kind of hear it, man. It was it was nice, you know. I miss that. I I know everybody's name on the defensive side. Obviously, there's a reason for that. He played here and also does video, so that's there too. But you kind of get a sense that it didn't go the way he wanted it to, right? And you look at all the things that involve the Tyree Kill saga or the Tyree Kill trade or everything that went into it, right? The Chiefs will always win this trade. You can never look back and say, "Oh, well, their offense." Fo-. It didn't. Because the first year without Tyreek Hill, where everyone, including Kyle Brandt and others in the national media, were questioning, could this offense take a step back? Could this offense miss something without Tyreek Hill? And they win a Super Bowl. Then you go to the next year. All right, he's going to get his chance, 1v1. He's going to get to play against this Chiefs team. He's going to get to see what he can be like when he comes back home. Well, actually, that game's going to be in Germany. Still, you lose. You go play this game, finally in the playoffs, the NFL does these weird parodies where it works out sometimes, where it feels scripted, and you play Tyreek Hill in the playoffs, and you won, and it was in your house, the one that he was brought up to be known and famous and very good for. But not only that, you look at the deeper cuts of what this trade was. You've got Trent McDuffie out of this trade. And Trent McDuffie is a dog. And going to be a dog for quite some time. Only in his second year, but already an all-pro cornerback. Should have two. But you won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. You beat him twice in one year and once in the playoffs. And you got a lot of capital out of that trade. I know Sky Moore is involved in that trade as well, but still. A Trent McDuffie for a Tyreek Hill. Two wins and a regular season plus a playoff and a Super Bowl without him. And for somebody that went out of his way, to make it be known that, hey, they're going to miss this, or somebody that says, hey, you know what? They need me. All I wanted was X amount. We know we could get more guaranteed. Stop playing around. I think one of his lines where people were getting their panties in a wand. Tyree Kill, the story is over. I can't imagine there being any more juice to it. You're not going to play him next year. You don't play the AFC East, you play the AFC North, and then you play all the division winners plus your own division twice. So you'll get the Cleveland, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. You'll get Buffalo. You'll get Houston. And then obviously everybody in your own division. So no Miami. But it was nice. It was fun while it lasted. But again, a very short chapter into the book that the Chiefs are continuing to build as now they will now know who they play in the divisional round, and it is my it is the Buffalo Bills. And again, I know Miami's not Buffalo, as someone clearly stated on Sunday morning on after hours to know that that was the case. But again, you look at this game, and you talk about this game, and you finally get to see Mahomes on the road. This is a rivalry that still 
is being written. This is still one of those things where when you look at it from afar, yes, it's kind of stalled out a little bit with Buffalo versus Kansas City, but there is some some active wheels turning now because the main storyline, which you can already see on X or Twitter, whatever you still call it, Adam Schefter's tweeting it, everybody in the in the sports world. We're going to see Mahomes on the road. We're going to see you know the Chiefs go to Buffalo. We're going to see somebody outside of their comfort zone, maybe. But if there's one person you can trust in the divisional round, it's Patrick Mahomes, especially if they got to go on the road. You got to think that he's ready to go. Coming up, we will dive more into that divisional round. We'll talk about advantages, disadvantages for the Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills. And much, much more. We'll still get to the out-of-left-field question at 8 o'clock where we get all of you involved. I hope everybody's being safe out there on the roads. I couldn't tell you if it's still snowing because it's dark outside. But I would assume it's just going to snow the rest of my life because that's the attitude that I'm going with because that's what it seems like. That it's just going to be Alaska the rest of the winter. I'm Dusty Likens. That's James. Listen, after hours on the other side, we dive into this divisional round that is Buffalo versus Kansas City. Mahomes finally going on the road. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. 